I want to speak today, my focus is going to be uh, perseverance in prayer. And specifically, I want to even zero in further than that, and that is perseverance in praying for our children. And I know that I'm speaking to many who um, have children, many, uh, most likely a lot of you have grown children, uh, many of you have grandchildren, and, uh, and so I want to focus in on persevering in our prayers for, for them. Um, I don't think there should ever be a day that goes by that we do not bring our children, grandchildren, maybe some of you are great grandparents, but uh, I, don't, I don't think there's ever a day that goes by that we should not be bringing them before the throne of God and asking them to do a great work uh, in their lives and uh, in their hearts. Of course, when they're young, the, the main prayer should be, Lord, save them at uh, mm -hmm. an early age, at the age where they can understand and accept and believe uh, you as their savior. That's an ongoing prayer. Then we pray through that. We pray for them throughout their lives. And again, the goal for you and I, as we pray for them consistently, should be, Lord, I desire that my child or my children, my grandchildren, Lord, I desire that they be godly, not just good, but Lord, we want them to be godly. And there's a difference there. I think some, unfortunately, I think some parents today that claim to know the Lord and they they settle for the goodness of their kids. As long as they're polite and don't get into too much trouble, I think they're okay with that. I think that's a problem. I think that there should be a higher standard. I think our goal, our our desire, our prayers should be, Lord, while we want them to be good and moral, Lord, there's something far more important than that. We desire that they be godly, that you take their souls and you save them and you use them for yourself. And again, I, I'm, I know I'm speaking to most who are, are in this or through, through this. And, you know, we, we know that throughout the stages of, their, of us raising them, this can be very difficult. Um, and I think especially uh, it is difficult when we have adult children, quite frankly. Now, I know that you, you would probably agree with me. I see some older folks on here. You would probably agree with me that, that when you had the, the young newborns, you know, you thought, is this ever going to end? Um, you know, are we ever going to get out of the diaper stage and all that kind of thing? And Lord, help us. And, and uh, you think that's the worst stage. Then, then when they are on the cusp of becoming a teenager, you're praying, Lord, help us. Lord, please, will, will you return before they turn 13? Um, and, and so we, we pray that way. Uh, then, uh, you know, they, they grow into adulthood and, and those reins of authority are becoming looser all the time. And I personally think that the, the adult stage is the most difficult uh, because we don't have authority over them anymore as they have become adults and they live their own lives and so forth. And again, I'm, I know that I'm speaking to some. I minister to some who, whose children as adults have not gone the way that they should, and they break the hearts of their parents. And some are, are suffering in, in, in deep, deep things regarding their adult children. And I think sometimes we get discouraged, or I, I, I observe Christian parents getting discouraged 
And sometimes I think that has to do with perhaps a verse that is sometimes taken out of context and is interpreted wrong. And many will claim that uh, the verse, you know, hey, the Bible tells me that if I train up my child the way he should go, he, when he gets old, he's not going to depart from it. Well, that's a great principle, and it's true, but the problem in interpreting Proverbs is that those things are not guarantees. Uh, when we interpret Proverbs, we need to understand that those are the ideal of what should be and what could be. And so I think some parents have gotten discouraged because they've done all the right things. Spiritually speaking, they have dotted their spiritual I's and crossed their T's. And why is my child not living for the Lord? And it gets difficult and it gets discouraging. And I want to, again, come today and say, let us persevere in our prayers for our children and especially our adult children. And I just want to say this, and I'm going to read some scripture in a minute. If you'll go ahead and turn to Mark 9, if you have your Bibles. I want to say this, look, no case is hopeless when we bring them before the Lord. No case is hopeless. And so I want to encourage you uh, with that. Um, the passage that I'm going to read, we find that a parent is undergoing great anxiety and stress about their child. Now, it's a completely different situation than most of us experience, but I think the principles are the same for all parents when they have difficulty or they, they have anxiety and stresses again over their, their children. The principles are the same. So I want to read this passage and, um, and then we'll, we'll make a few comments as we close. But in Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 14, and when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and described disputing with them. Immediately, when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeting him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should not cast it out, but they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Uh, underline those four words in your scriptures. Bring him to me. Then they brought him. And when he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed and he fell on the ground and, and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Now, again, you may say, well, what does that have to do with our children? Well, here's a parent who's undergoing a great trial for their children, and this was physical. But, of course, we know that the physical, whether it's us or others, can, can, can affect our spiritual. And so um, it's very interesting that I came across years ago Spurgeon in his well-known morning-by-morning devotional wrote about this passage, and I've actually used it uh, for our uh, parent baby dedications on occasion. I want to read it to you because it fits in with what we're talking about here, and I think you will gather the principles that I'm aiming at today by listening to, to Charles Spurgeon's words. Here's what he says. 
The poor, disappointed father turned away hopelessly from the disciples, and he turned to their master. His son was in the worst possible condition, and all means had failed, but the miserable child was soon delivered from the evil one when the parent, in faith, obeyed the Lord and, and his word, which said, bring him to me. Your children are a precious gift from God, but much anxiety comes with them. They can be a great joy or a great bitterness to their parents. They might be filled with the spirit or they might be possessed with the spirit of evil. In every case, the word of God gives us one recipe for, cure, for the curing of all their ills. Bring him to me. We need more agonizing prayer on their behalf while they are still very young. Sin is there. So let our prayers begin to attack it. Our cries for our offspring should precede those cries that signify their actual emergence into the world. In the days of their youth, we will see sad indications that mute and that uh, of that mute and deaf spirit that will neither pray properly nor hear the voice of God in the soul. But Jesus still commands, "Bring him unto me." When they are grown up. They may wallow in sin and seethe with enmity against God. Then when our hearts are breaking, we should remember the great physician's words. Bring him to me. We must never cease to pray for them until they cease to breathe. No case is hopeless while Jesus lives. The Lord sometimes allows his people to be driven into a corner so that they can know from experience how necessary he is to them. Ungodly children, when they show us our own powerlessness against the depravity of their hearts, drive us to flee to the strong one for strength. And this is a great blessing to us. Whatever needs this day may whatever this day's need may be, let it be like a strong current to carry us to the ocean of divine love. Jesus can quickly remove our sorrow. He delights to comfort us. Let us hurry to him, for he waits to meet with us. Those words have been such a blessing to me uh, over the years, and I've returned to them very often. And I love that one line or those two sentences where he says, we must never cease to pray for them until they cease to breathe. No case is hopeless while Jesus lives. And again, as you heard within that devotional, the, 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 mot the motif was, again, bring him unto me, bring him unto me. There's no age limit to that. And I want to encourage parents that maybe you have a child that is wayward and that has broken your heart and continues to. What I would say, and I would echo the words of, of Spurgeon today, bring them in prayer, persevering in prayer. Bring them to the Lord. Bring them before the Lord. Listen, prayer is a powerful thing. It's not simply a last resort that we go to when we don't have anything to do. It is a powerful weapon. And so I, I want to encourage you, keep persevering, keep on keeping on, keep bringing their names before the Lord. Bring your children, especially your adult children, 
before the Lord, and he will hear you. May God bless.